Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 91. Hi there. How's it going? I'm Rick. It's good to be rocking first thing in the morning. It is 7.57 a.m. on Sunday. I've never done this podcast first thing in the morning before. It's been a very busy weekend, and I had no other time to do it. So I'm doing it now. It's pretty weird. I'm the only one awake in the house. (laughs) Back in like 1990, I'm going to say four, maybe five. My friend Craig and I went to Axis in Boston to see the Dandy Warhols play on their first album tour. And they came out and they said, it's probably about midnight. This is when Axis decided shows needed to go on really late. And they came out and they said, hi, we're the Dandy Warhols. It's good to be rocking first thing in the morning. And I just love that line so much. I still say it all the time. (laughs) Especially if I ever have to do something like a meeting really early. Anyway, yes, it is day 422 of my quarantine, of my family's quarantine. It is, it's been a long time. (laughs) I'm I'm laughing a lot today. But, you know, in the last two weeks since I talked to you, I got my second vaccine shot. I got it mm, 13 days ago now. Tomorrow is the big day where I'm two weeks after my second shot. That is very exciting. I got very sick for about 24 hours. Uh, I tried to power through and do work because, you know, I'm in my house. Doing work is just sitting in one chair versus sitting on the couch in front of a computer versus a TV. It seemed like I should be able to pull it off, Uh, but I couldn't. Somebody described it as I, I was sort of chatting with someone on IM and they're like, well, I tried to power through and work too. And I just made a lot of bad decisions that day, (laughs) and I found that to be a very accurate description. I was so muddled in my head, and then David, my 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 head of sales, the entire sales department, everything, head of revenue, texted me, and he had this very important out of the blue meeting with you know an important company, and they wanted to do some very interesting partnership with us, and it was just so. It was so unexpected and it was so out of the blue and and he was, you know, he was like, can you kind of talk on the phone? And I was like, I can't because I couldn't. And I was like, can you please text? You know, then I I had Friday off. It was Thursday and I was going to have Friday off. And he's like, oh, we can talk when you're back. I'm like, I don't want to wait five days now for hearing this information, you know. So he, he diligently typed it all in and it was very weird and complicated and I felt kind of bad because it was, you know, I mean, a lot of typing. And then I looked at it and I read it and I was like, this makes no sense to me. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I didn't need to make him write that. I mean, you know, it was nice and reassurance. It wasn't like, like, you know, we're going to go out of business. You always when, you know, when someone says you have important news, you want to know it, you know. But it was just hilarious how little compre- like little sense I could make of it <laughs> with that vaccine shot. It was pretty it was pretty crazy. So yeah, I guess tomorrow I will be, you know, fully vaxxed. It's kind of interesting. I don't really think it's gonna change much because of Jane. I mean, 
I don't know, the CDC guidelines, I thought they were more clear than some people gave them credit for. It took me a minute to really understand the little chart with the green and the red and the yellow and the mask and the no mask, but I think I got it. But, you know, it leaves me with questions about kids, and I just, I know they don't know, but it's very frustrating, and I don't know what's going on. But, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll live. We'll figure it out. We've made it this far. But the big news this week is that my mother has left yesterday. She went home. So that's one of the reasons that I couldn't get this done yesterday is in the middle of the day. I had to take her to the airport and, you know, handicap access at the airport. I got to park. I have to get her in there because it's Alaska Airlines at RDU. There's no curbside check-in. So I had to get her to the gate, not the gate, but, you know, the check-in counter before their people could take over. Which meant parking. There's construction on the freeway, blah, blah, blah. It took like a really long time. Had to get Emma her burrito on the way home because she likes to get burritos when I go to the airport. And obviously I'm not going to the airport very often these days. Whoa. We're going to leave this in. That was very loud. That's not normal. Uh, I don't know what that was about. Uh, yeah, so I didn't get a lot done. I mean, I did. Then we had to clean. We had to start, you know, my mom's been sleeping in the master bedroom. So we didn't take all the sheets off, put all this weird stuff away, like TVs and, and, and cable boxes and assistive devices that we'd brought into the room for her. And, you know, just generally start cleaning up. It was a lot. It was a lot. But yeah, she's home. Uh, she <laughs> Typical web fashion. We're all really bad at this, but nobody called me or texted me to tell me she made it home. All right, but I assume it's fine. Hopefully I'll hear from somebody today. Uh, yeah. She... <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and it says hearing aids were amazing. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Since the last two weeks, one thing that was pretty cool is my mom and I went to the audiologist and got her new hearing aids, which were amazing. I mean, you know, they're amazing in the normal sense. Any assistive devices when you get a new one and you, you know, slow decay. Like I remember when I first got glasses when I was in fourth grade, I was like, Oh my God, these are amazing. But also just the technology. They're so small. They're Bluetooth. They connected to her phone and you can ring in, the phone can ring in your ears. It has a lot more it can do with your phone, but it, it's a little complicated for her you know you know on the ios on your on your phone the speaker button you can press and you can see a list of audio devices but I, she just couldn't really figure that out um but they charge inductively which is really cool yeah i was very very impressed uh we had an emergency dentist trip last week <laughs> she lost a cap with one of her teeth and you know, it was pretty cool. We could actually get an emergency dentist i think she got my dentist i took her to the same clinic she didn't couldn't remember the name but she was talking about how funny it was, and my dentist was really funny, so I think it's the same guy. And, uh, you know, that went well. She gave They gave her this stuff called Duke Syrup. I don't know what it is, but you have to stay refrigerated. It's like a mouthwash to, you know, clean things out, disinfectant type thing. So it has to stay refrigerated, so I had to figure out some way to, like, jimmy it up with, like, freezer packs and, a, and a, like, a like insulated, silver insulated bubble packs, mailer kind of thing to try and get it home and keep it cold. I don't know if that worked, so I'll have to find out that today. But that was good. And then the other thing is, like, she had this friend that was coming in May, and we were really worried she was going to miss her because we were thinking it might have been May 1st. But finally, and we, you know, they're old people, so they're getting cell phones. They kept losing each other's phone numbers or whatever. But they finally got in touch, and she did not miss her. So I feel really good about that. I was kind of stressed. I was, 
I didn't want to be irresponsible for my mom not seeing her best friend potentially for the last time in their lives because the woman left the state and lives in Colorado, I don't know, somewhere. So that all worked out. That was really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm oddly nervous to make sure she got home alone. She's, you know, she flew alone, which she's never really done in a very long time. So, you know, no reason to think she couldn't. She's perfectly capable of it, but I, I'm oddly nervous. It's like sending your kid off to college. I want them to call and make sure that they're okay. Yeah, Chatham County's doing well. The weather's just been lovely. It's in the you know, low 70s, sunny, rains one or two days every week or week and a half to give you some nice water, keep things moist, but mostly sunny weather, mostly warm. Uh, yeah, I love it. We've been going on our walks again. They, they're just, they're very nice. Uh, I started going back into the pizza place, which is very exciting. I was using Takeout Central, which is a kind of a, a local version of Grubhub. And, but the driver, and that's the only thing the pizza place was on, but the drivers were getting rarer and rarer and it was taking like 90 minutes and it was costing so much money. And finally I realized, I was like, you know, I started using this like a year into the pandemic when we had the big surge around Christmas and I could probably go back. So I called them and it was so nice. They're so happy to see me. They're like, how you been? And I'm like, I've still been ordering from you guys every day. It's just been every week. It's just been takeout central. So now I'm going back in and ordering and, and seeing them there. And it's nice. Good to see my pizza friends, you know, <laughs> it's like, can't wait till Jane can see him again. These people have been watching her grow over her entire life. <laughs> There's zero turnover at this pizza place. It's kind of amazing. There's a new Apple campus coming to town. I suppose that's very exciting. The, back a couple years ago when Apple was doing its great campus search reality show and extracting as much value as it could out of state governments, we were in the running, but we didn't get it. I think it went to Texas. I don't know, somewhere obvious. Yeah, I think it was Texas, right? And they already had one. But uh, then out of the blue last week, they were like, hey, surprise, North Carolina. We'll take all your money after all. And we will give you a campus on this land we already owned, but didn't admit. So that's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I my my relationship with Apple has changed over the years. It's more of a love-hate affair these days than it has ever been in the 40 years I've had a relationship with Apple. Let's see. I'm going to go with like 1981-ish. Yeah. 90,000. Yeah, 40 years I've had a relationship with that company. And uh, it's probably the most contentious it's ever been right now. You know, I, I worked for them as a client for a decade, helped them launch a bunch of products. <laughs> but now, you know, I, I, it's funny. Even when we moved here, I thought to myself, and even two years ago when they were th talking about having a campus here, I was like, I would work there after Time Hop. I would go work at the Apple campus. I, I know what to expect. I've been to Cupertino and Infinite Loop a lot. And and I know what I know what kind of place it is. And I, I was comfortable working with those people. And it's kind of nice. It was nice having them as a client. Everybody was really smart. But now, no, no way. No way. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> That's, wouldn't happen. But, I, I, you know, I have some local pride growing in me. So I guess that's something. I'm, I'm proud they chose us. That's pretty cool. And then just yesterday, no, that's not true. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday? No, Friday. I got 25 years of the Harvard Business Review in three giant boxes from this dude. 
it was pretty cool. I was reading the Chatham chat list on Friday morning. It's a classifieds on Friday. And this guy was like, I have 25 years of the Harvard business review to anyone that wants it. And I got it. And I drove out to his house and it was even further out of town than mine. It was south of 64 east of Pittsburgh. And it was a geodesic dome. It was awesome. I haven't seen a geodesic dome around here. We had tons of geodesic domes growing up. I had friends that lived in them. I have some fond memories of geodesic domes. But this was a really well-built one. It was really nice. It looked really good. But he said he was giving the magazines away because he was leaving and they were going to build a new house. But yeah, he was a businessman. He's like a leadership consultant. I was like, hello, fellow businessman. Except for I'm wearing like a pink shirt and I got a ponytail and I'm wearing sweatpants and I look just terrible. I got my mom with me. I don't look like a businessman at all. Like, I probably wondered why I wanted those magazines. <laughs> yeah, I was wearing like a pink t-shirt with a basset hound on it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chatham County is doing great. It's, it's, it's a good time down here. I like it. I like it. The kitties are doing great. They are maniacs, man. They're, they're fully grown-ish, mostly. Uh, I think they're fully sized. They're probably going to thicken out a little bit. They just, they're maniacs. They're eyeing the door every time you open the door. They're, 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 they're sensing freedom. So I think I'm going to have to put some Apple Air tags on them because they're going to run away one day. I can tell they're going to make a run for it. And then at night, they like just, they get, the, Emma calls it the zoomies. And, you know, Fanny had it when we first got her, but she was already pretty old then. And then as she aged, you know, old people don't have zoomies. But these cats just run around. They run up and down the stairs and they just run around in circles all night while we're watching tv and stuff it's crazy it's crazy i like them they do get cuddly sometimes though and they are becoming more sort of like affectionate i think but yeah i'm enjoying our cats uh and jane's doing well i was i, I wrote the notes for this episode yesterday and it says not as many tantrums but they still happen but then she had a tantrum yesterday that was like over an hour long and it just ugh, exhausted us all it was right before my mom was leaving and she was like, you know, my mom's going to really miss Jane and they've really been getting along the last few like month, like few weeks as my mom's been better as she reads her more books and they hang out and they we carved out Jane and mom time, Jane and grandma time during the day. And, you know, it's like she wanted to say goodbye and we we're all kind of wondering if Jane was going to understand it was a goodbye. She In the end, she didn't really care about the goodbyes, but this tantrum just went on and on and on and on. And I mean, she did finally calm down before my mom had to leave. So they got a goodbye, but it was just so frustrating and stressful. And I was just like, Oh God, I took a shift. Emma took a shift. We both kept trying to do it. And the whole tantrum started because like, I don't know, some stupid thing, you know, I was like, she just started screaming because she had to eat a or couldn't eat a banana. I don't remember. It was some dumb food thing, and it went on for like an hour. I'm just like, ugh. God. Taking turns at night is really the only thing that's keeping us sane with the same with that girl still, I'm going to tell you. Uh, but, yeah, her vocabulary is increasing. She's really become very conversational. And everybody was like, oh, you know, once they get their words, they won't scream as much. And I'm like, ah, she still screams an awful lot. She's got a temper, man. It's really kind of creepy. You're just like, she's standing there, and she's just like, she shakes with rage she can calm down and i there was another one yesterday at dinner where she was like really wanted to work up about something another food related thing and and uh she just kind of calmly grabbed her pacifier and stuck it in her mouth and she calmed down and she did not have the tantrum and it is just so wonderful when you see yourself soothing but sometimes she just can't do it and it's just it's painful and she just you know she just like has to get her way almost anything you say no to there was one it was like 
Oh, okay. So one of the cats in their zoomies broke this vase. It was, you know, it was just a cheap decorative vase that Emma bought with a fake plant. And it was all kind of like, oh, God, there's a black plant and a black vase. It looked pretty cool, but it was a cheapo Halloween decoration. And she broke it. And, uh, 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 Roy broke it. He broke it. He jumped up and knocked it on the floor. And, you know, Emma had to clean it up. And there's shattered pottery everywhere. And so Jane wanted to run over. This was not yesterday's tantrum, actually. This is the day before his tantrum. And I was like, you can't do this. You can't run over into broken pottery in your bare feet. And I picked her up and I was like, no, but if you want to get there, let's go get your shoes and then you can walk in it. And she's like, no shoes. I have to walk in this in bare feet. I'm like, well, you can't. And I was like, you would cut your feet and you don't want your feet cut and it'll hurt. She's like, I want my feet cut. And I was like, my God, baby. I mean, <laughs> it sounds a little bit more like, uh, you know, mental illness than I mean to. I don't think she really wanted her feet cut. I don't think she's like, you know a masochist or anything, but like, she was just like, you know, she's in that automatic no period and say the opposite of what you say all the time. She's very good at opposites <laughs> because at first it was like, you'd be like, you don't want to cut your feet. She's like, yes, feet cut. But now you could say, you can say something complicated. Like, well, if you do that, you'd be kind of sad. And then, you know, you, you'll, you'll have to go to the bathroom and you don't want to do that. She'd be like, well, I do want to do that because I want to, you know, she, it's not just like binary opposites. She can kind of, abstractly form them which is very impressive and I'm very proud of her at that but then I'm like well you need to stop doing this all the time <laughs> that is the one trick that's still sort of working is I can be like okay so right now I'm going to tell you that you can't do this and then you're just going to start crying a whole lot because you're going to be really upset about it and you're going to cry a lot and that crying is going to try and convince me to let you do it but I'm not going to do it and then I'm going to have to put you in the bedroom because you're going to keep crying and then for the next hour you're going to cry all because I'm telling you I'm about to tell you this and it's just not worth it and then I tell her and then she like doesn't quite know how to process it's very much it reminds me of like the Star Trek episode of the original series with the the robot and the, the, the paradox that makes its brain break break she's like I want to pout because I want that thing but also I need to do the opposite of what he just said but if I do the opposite of what he just said then I'll be pouting and that's what he said and then you know and then just like she eventually it overrides and she throws the fit anyway but at least I get like 30 40 seconds of pause out of her from one of those. Does that mean? I don't know. I can't tell. I can't tell. Work is going well. Uh, Apple launched its ATT app transparency trap track ad tracking transparency protocol with iOS 14.5 that came out on Monday. It's pretty interesting, you know, like, um, I've been doing mobile apps for quite some time, and I remember back when they first. When I was first doing them and Apple would launch a software update and pretty much everybody would update in like a few days, but now it's really slow. So it's like, you know, we are trying to see if this thing's going to have an effect or not, but people are very slow to update their iOS these days. So I, we still can't really tell. Um, there's some in early promising indications and there are some early concerning indications. I think it's going to probably land somewhere in the middle, but yeah, too soon to say, but it's happening. It's happening. So every day I've got this new metric I look at. Actually, I'm going I'm to pause and check it right now. Yeah, it's like slowly getting just a little bit worse each day. <laughs> awesome. It's just awesome. <laughs> but, you know, on the other side of the company, on Nimbus, that side is killing it. We've had many record revenue days the last few days, which is ironic because, you know, it's mobile advertising, which is what Apple is trying to kill. But it's not going to kill it in the macro, I think. 
but yeah, it's it's going pretty well. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on at work, you know. It's a lot of a lot, a lot of moving and shaking going on. A lot of interesting talks with a lot of interesting people, which is keeps it interesting and. You know, for a few years there, when we were building this, we were like kind of in the weeds and, and we had a relationship with like uh, Apple and Facebook and Google a little bit because of time hop, but not a lot of companies. But now Nimbus is becoming such a player in the industry that like we really do. Our relationships are with pretty much every tech giant have sort of like improved and we have, you know, can talk to anyone again, which is nice. I, I like being in the thick of things. I, I don't want to admit it. I, I thought I was over it and I'm probably, I, you know, whatever, if it wasn't there, I would live, but I, I, it's, it's a sensation I hadn't felt in a while, which is kind of cool. And then, uh, you know, working on this pandemic thing, I think we're, we're going to keep the office, which is pretty, uh, exciting. Our lease is up in September. So the, the decision was getting kind of pressing, but really we're just going to keep the office and it'll just sort of be optional attendance. We're still sorting that out. We did a questionnaire for the employees, but a lot of people don't live in the city anymore. And, We've been hiring outside the city, so but I, I think it'll be worth keeping, and I think as the world returns to normality, it'll be good to have a meeting facility, if nothing else, in New York. And there are several employees still in New York that want to go to an office, so yeah, we're gonna keep it. I'm excited about that. I like that place. I really love that office. Um, Jonathan and Benny, before Matt and I were running the company, they spent a lot of money remodeling that office when they moved to it from a different floor in the same building. And the longer we have it, the more years you can amortize that expense. And it's really becoming worth it. And the place is just really nice, you know, and they did a really good job with it. And I like it and I don't want to give it up. So that's exciting. Gardening, my true love. But what I'm really interested in is gardening. Uh, I was listening to Sirius XM First Wave, and they said Kim Wilde, the woman who sang Kids in America, is apparently obsessed with gardening, and she's written like three gardening books. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, it's going well. Let's see. I planted this since I last talked to you guys. I planted some spinach and some beans and some beets and some potatoes. The beans are growing really well. The beets have sprouted. No sign of any action yet on the potatoes. A little worried I, I dried them out for too long, so we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, but yeah, the carrots are coming in. The beans are looking good. The, the squirrels are obsessed with the strawberries. That's the hardest thing for them to, or the thing that they're most targeted in the cucumbers. Um, but that's okay. The strawberries are kind of a honeypot. Uh, I still, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I should have gotten more strawberry plants. Maybe I can do that in the next few days or maybe just in the fall. I don't know. But, um, yeah, let's see. So, uh, you know, I'm doing this constant battle with the squirrels. I got this like nice homemade squirrel repellent recipe. I did a YouTube video on it. If you want to check that out, use it all up. I got to make a big old batch of it today. That's one of the reasons I was doing this podcast in the morning is I got to spend like an hour making like a five gallon batch of squirrel repellent there. Uh, you know, it's a little too cold for the cucumbers still. It's only like uh, high sixties, low seventies. And so they're, they're kind of stunted. I got some seedlings still going in the garage and I've been swapping them out. But uh, the other problem is the squirrels just love them. So the cucumbers and the strawberries, I need to add more squirrel repellent too. That's, that's on the list for today. Uh, no luck on the overwintered peppers yet, which is a real bummer. I got like 15 of these plants and I water them every day. And one of them has, you know, sprung up, but the others haven't. And I'm a little worried that I don't think they're going to. Uh, I'll add some more fertilizer today because it's been two weeks now. And maybe they need some more food. And I'll, I'll get that in there. But uh, yeah, that's a bit of a bummer. But one of the grapes I thought was dormant and dead sprung leaves this week, which is very exciting. Uh, yeah, I really, you know, I bought these things. I left them in the garage for like two months. I bought them really early. I bought them in like February. 
And one came bounce right back and it's grown decently out there. And the other one, there are actually three. And one of the other ones is just completely dead. But one just sprang to life this week. So that is very exciting. So that also gives me hope for the overwintered peppers. So I'm still watering those. But then the other stuff's all doing well. I got a ton of of, uh, new pepper plants that are doing really really well. The onions are looking good. The cauliflower is looking good. The broccoli is looking a little sad. The lettuce is looking really good. The Napa cabbage is going gangbusters. The, the herbs are going fine. You know, a ton of basils. I've got like 20 basil plants now. They're all doing really well. The watermelons are looking pretty good. The loofah is looking good. Uh, yeah, it's going well. I can actually can't wait to get out there and water it. But I don't think I'll be able to do that before I get Jane for breakfast. I've only got 33 minutes till I got to get Jane awake. It's going to be a short one. But uh, yeah, and then I mean, one thing I will say is there's too much plastic in gardening and it's bumming me out. All my dirt came bags. I bought that one square yard of dirt and it didn't come in bags and it was great, but I used it up and I needed more dirt and I just had to keep buying plastic bags of dirt. You know, the trays are dirt. Everything's the trays are plastic. The planters are plastic. Some of it's reusable. Some of it's not. It's just very frustrating. And I'm really going to try and reduce my plastic use in my gardening next year. I'm going to try and do soil cubes, which is a pretty cool different alternate method of doing seedlings that I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, but anyway, that's just something that's on my mind. It's how much plastic you use of. It's a real bummer, you know. And then finding cheap pots, speaking of plastic, it's a bitch. Pots are a racket, man. Like, they're so expensive and they're not, they don't need to be. You can buy a bucket for $2, which is every, the same plastic and the same hardness as a pot. But a pot is $14. And I'm just like, come on, man, this is maddening and I need more pots and I don't know what to do about it. It bums me out. But yeah, the garden's going great. Still doing a YouTube video every week. I did very little of this week's yesterday. I did the watering of the plants. I got to do a little garden tour. It's obviously going to be a pretty short one. I only got one day to do stuff today. I'll do some squirrel repellent stuff in there. Uh, garden tour. Got to do the compost. Uh, I don't know. There's not much. I'm really just trying to get through this week, making sure everything stays alive. And next weekend is my birthday and I'm taking Friday and Monday off. So I'll have four days and I'll just dive in and do a lot of gardening. But this week I was hoping to get the tomato trellis up. The tomatoes are doing really well, but they can go one more week without the trellis. So I think we'll be all right there. Yeah, um, let's see, Studio Reorg, uh, I've put everything on pause because in my brain I'm completely reworking it because I want a treadmill again. Uh, I really regret how little I exercise this winter, and I know it's spring, and I'm in the garden, and we're doing our walk every day, and I'm getting exercise again, but I don't. I made a personal vow, I'm never doing a winter again where I just sit around and turn into a potato and gain 15 pounds, it's really annoying, and I want to lose it. And I probably will lose it over the summer, but I just never again, man. So I want to rework that area and like put a treadmill there because that's the whole problem. There's never been anywhere in the house for a treadmill. But then I was simultaneously like trying to figure out what to do with this weird area in the house. It's like long and narrow. And I was like, aha, the two of those things are the same problem. Or one is the solution to the problem. So I think I'm going to rework it and put a treadmill there and then mount the TV on the wall or something. And then just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's as far as I've got with that epiphany. But so that's going to happen with that. I think I'll still get the records out from underneath and get the records reorganized, but I'm not going to buy that big wall shelf because that's where a TV is going to go. I think, I think, I think, and then writing, uh, really it's just the morning posts. Uh, I really like it. I'm really enjoying it. My good morning. Hello. How are you series? The pandemic volumes. Uh, I enjoy writing them every morning. People seem to like it. And, you know, it's like two or three, 220 people reading it, which isn't a lot, but it's enough for me. I just like having a little audience. Um, it's super rewarding talking to my friends, keeping in touch with people, just like this podcast. The one thing that's, you know, I am still trying to keep the content. It's overlapping. Wow. Can you hear my stomach rumbling? That's pretty weird. 
but you know, I try to keep unique content on both. And uh, but I will say that the written post gets a lot, a lot more comments, right? It's hard to comment on a podcast. Some friends text me and things like that. But I hear from people occasionally. But on written posts, you hear from a bunch of people every day, and I just love that. It's been great. Uh, and you know, people like find it really rewarding. A friend of mine wrote the other day, he's like, I read these all every day and it's just like my favorite thing. And I'm not even sure why. And I'm not either, but I think it's because it's like small talk, but not small talk, right? It's a friend talking like it's their life. So it's a little voyeuristic. It's, uh, it's, it's not essays. It's not thought leadership, but it talks about real like difficult topics in the world, like current events and politics and tech. But only in passing, and it's also with the gardening and domestic stuff and, and, and deep thoughts, Jack Handy style, and it's got some photos. and I, There's just a lot to like, I think. <laughs> that sounds a little egotistical, and I don't mean it that way. I, but I have been thinking about it. I'm like, why do people read these? And uh, it's nice, you know? Like, for instance, the other day, in the comments, actually, of one of them, I was talking to my friend uh, Tom and Craig, or Tom and Keith, about capitalism and the base camp scandal and and uh, how I think they have the wrong idea of companies and I think woke companies are a bit of a challenge and the way to be a woke company in my mind is to be like a tornado shelter right like we're not out here to change the world in this company we're here to like, give you guys a place that's safe in a storm where you can earn your living and get your you know life and go out and and there's a subtle difference between we are in a void that we can't tell. anyway whatever that was a thing and like um that's not the point here. The point is, in fact, that like I made this passing comment and then I wrote a paragraph about it the next day. And then I was like, you know, this could be an essay, right? I could go, I could be some public intellectual and write a whole essay about this Benedict Evans style or some shit. And I would never do that. I don't want to do that. That's just like exactly. This is the exact opposite of that. They're not essays pronouncing their rightness. They are explorations of topics, I think. I think that's why people like them. That's why I like writing them. It's been really satisfying. It is the only writing I'm doing. But I'm okay with that for now. And it's 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 scratching that itch in a way that I've not had in a lot of years. So that makes me really happy. Yeah, all right. Uh, I think this will be a little bit shorter than the previous weeks. Media, we're to the media report and I'm looking at it and it's 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 weighty, but it's not that long. So let's do it. Uh, we added a bunch of stuff to Plex over the last week or two. Been on some Zoom calls, talking to friends, talking about movies, people mentioned stuff and I just you know added a bunch of stuff. I realized there was almost no Ardman animation in there. And I, I suddenly got very, oh, we were watching the Oscars, M and I, and there was a new uh, uh, Shaun the Sheep movie, and I didn't even know. And I was like, man, I'm behind on Ardman animation. So I added basically all the films Shaun the Sheep, Sharm the Sheep, Farmageddon, Chicken Run, Early Man, Close Shave, Flushed Away, Grand Day Out, Matter of Life and Death, The Wrong Trousers, Curse of the Were Rabbit, and Pirates and in, in, in the Pirates in an Adventure with the Scientists, which I read the book of, by the way. It's a very good book. Uh, then I added Taps, <laughs> the Tom Cruise military school movie <laughs> from the 80s that really traumatized me as a kid. Stir Crazy and Brewster's Millions, because somebody mentioned Richard Pryor to me the other day, and I realized I didn't have any Richard Pryor films in there, and those are my two favorites. The Shape of Water came in from the Netflix queue. Butterfield 8 came in from the next Netflix queue. It's a better version. Uh, and all of Mythbusters. Em and I are going to rewatch Mythbusters after we finish the Great British Baking Show. So that's all been added up in Plex. Uh, got a, sold a bunch of stuff in Discogs. So this is a little longer than it seems because I forgot to do it last episode so let's do it uh gallon drunk you the night and the music do you guys know gallon drunk gallon drunk is an awesome band they're like if the birthday party met the modern lovers 
and they're so good. They're from the mid nineties. They're English. I saw them at Avalon opening for somebody. <laughs> I don't remember who the Wolfgang press, I believe that sounds right. I'm going to go with that. And they were awesome. And they're an awesome band. And I love them. And somebody bought that album, which is my favorite Gallon Drunk album. They still make records. I bought one a couple of years ago. So Gallon Drunk. Uh, Anita Lane. Oh, so sad. Anita Lane was Nick Cave's girlfriend when the birthday party were first starting. She was sort of, uh, as Nick put it in his red right hand tribute to her his email tribute to her he said that she was a woman who was our muse that hated being called a muse she walked into the most prestigious art school in victoria without a plan and got approved to attend sight unseen she bought an easel and then she never went <laughs> she co-wrote some of the early birthday party songs and some of the early nick cave solo songs most notably from her to eternity and stranger than kindness that to this day are still in the nick cave sets uh she put out several solo albums two solo albums and a lot of other stuff. She 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 worked with all of them. Mick Harvey and her did an album together. Books of Bargill and her. They all loved her. And she was just amazing. And she passed away. And so I sold Dirty Pearl, her first solo album. A few days ago, I woke up, saw that I had sold it. I was like, oh, Anita Lane. I love her. This is great. Uh, I have a lot of her stuff on vinyl, but I do not have Dirty Pearl on vinyl. Dirty Pearl is one of those albums that sort of compiles a lot of stuff. And I have the other stuff. Not all of it, but most of it. So I was a little sad to sell it. And um, I was ripping it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to listen to Anita Lane. I haven't listened to her in ages. And I started listening. And it wasn't until much later in the day that I saw a post from my friend Og that that she had passed away. And then I was like, oh, I got it. This is sad. Uh, I should buy the vinyl right now. And I tried to buy the vinyl. There was a copy up there earlier in the day, and it was gone. So that was sad. But, uh, yeah, very, very, very tragic. And interestingly, so normally when you sell this to DN Discogs and you ship it, which I had done, I ripped it and shipped it. And Discogs automatically removes that item from your inventory so it can't be sold again. But apparently there's probably like a delay, right? They have a bunch of cron scripts running or something, I imagine. And I sold it again, <laughs> like minutes later. And I was like, do I actually own two copies of this? And I was like, if I do, great, I'm going to cancel this one and I'm going to like keep it. But I didn't own it again. I only owned one copy. It just Discogs let me sell it twice. So I had to say this to the second guy who also, obviously, these people have also just found out that Anita Lane died and uh, I was like, I'm sorry, man, somebody beat you to it. And I don't know why Discogs hasn't removed it. He did not answer me. <laughs> you know, he's probably bummed. I feel bad about that. But uh, yeah, Anita Lane, RIP. Uh, coincidentally, I sold the Nick Cave album, Henry's Dream, my favorite Nick Cave album. I'm really bummed about that. I think I own it on vinyl. I need to check. But it is absolutely my favorite Nick Cave album. Uh, it is the one I got into first, uh, which is funny. Back then, I was embarrassed. I hadn't, you know, some friends of mine in Alaska had been into Nick Cave and the birthday party. I had listened to the birthday party. It was too hard for me back then. Nick Cave, uh, let me see. Hold on a second. Yeah, 1992. Yeah, so I had listened to the birthday party when I was younger. My punk rock friends, and I was like, ooh, that's too scary for me. And then I didn't, you know, know about Nick's ballads or anything. I got to, uh, well, okay, so, you know, I got to Boston. I met Mike Anderson and Annie, and then they got me into earlier Nick Cave solo, you know, the ship song, weeping song, things like that. But the first album that came out that I bought new was Henry's Dream in 1992. I went and saw him play at the Somerville Theater, and it was just fucking crazy. <laughs> God, it's been 30 years now. That's crazy. Uh, I've since seen him probably 25 times. I don't even know. It's just been a lot. But Henry's Dream, to me, has always been the, my favorite one. It was Andy Shea's favorite Nick Cave album, too. 
uh, Papa Won't Leave You, Henry. I even like the bad songs on it. I love Christina, the Astonishing. Um, you know, John Finn's Wife is a fantastic song. Loom of the Land, I love that song. Oh my God, it's just my, it's my favorite one. And I, I'm sad to see it go. It was my original copy from 1992. Yeah, that was a bummer. Sold R.E.M.'s Automatic for the People. That was Emma's. Uh, that's fine. Good album. But, you know, to me, that's a late period, not as good R.E.M. album, which is the inverse of Nick Cave. Um, Jesus and Mary Chain sold a couple singles. This guy's been methodically buying all my Jesus and Mary Chain singles. I had every single of theirs that had ever come out on CD. I have all the vinyl singles, too. But, like, uh, you know, so these CD singles are weird rarities. Like, this was the Blues from the Gun three-inch single with uh, my favorite Jesus Mary Jane cover on the back, My Girl, an acoustic version of My Girl. Uh, guess you say what could make me feel this way. You know, Jim Reed's like sort of whiny voice. Uh, yeah, and I bought that in at Bull Mutant, no, uh, some moose something. I can't remember what that place was called. That wasn't Bull Moose. That's a main uh, Northern Lights. Yeah, in Anchorage, Alaska. I bought it in 92 when it came out. I've owned this single forever, and I sold that. And he also bought the I Hate Rock and Roll single. So that guy, I think, has now owns almost my entire Jesus Mary Chain single collection. Uh, I sold the Big Star bo- CD box set, Keep an Eye on the Sky. I sold Tom Waits box set, CD. I have this on vinyl, Orphans Ballers. Orphans, Brawlers, Ballers, and Bastards. Uh, when that came out, I bought the CD, and I was like, I need this on vinyl. And I immediately bought the vinyl, and thank God, because it's like $500 now. It's one of the most expensive pieces of vinyl I own, boxes of vinyl. So I sold the CD version of that. I sold Medicine, Sounds of Medicine, uh, San Francisco, noisy guitar band. Uh, Mojave 3, Out of Tune. Oh, I love that record. And Harry Nilsson, Nilsson Schmilson, I sold just the other day. And yeah, and then last night I sold the Pixies Come On Pilgrim, but I had it mislisted and it was, I have the Come On Pilgrim Surfer Rosa version, which is less rare and I had to cancel the order on the guy and I felt really bad. I had to do that twice. It's like I'm a bad Discogs seller. I feel terrible about it. Uh, I got a bunch of vinyl in the mail this week. I got a wedding present 10 inch single called Versions I didn't know about from the Watusi era that has a bunch of alternate versions of wedding present songs and it's really awesome and I don't know why I didn't know about it. I was on the Discogs page and I was like, oh my god, I don't, I didn't know about that and I put it on my want list a couple months ago and there I found it. It's not rare. It's not expensive. Uh, so I got that and then I got Big Star Live in Memphis because the same place once I found that. Wedding present. I was like, what else do they own that they're selling? That's on my want list. And it was this big star album. So I got that. And it turned out that both of those I was selling from In Your Ear. <laughs> I was buying from In Your Ear in Boston. And the guy wrote to me, he's like, I saw Big Star back when they were first around. And I was like, oh, God, this is 94. The Live in Memphis is from 94. I was like, that's the only time I ever saw him. And we got talking. I was like, wait, are you the In Your Ear in New England? He's like, yes, I'm one of the original owners. I was like, oh, my God, I went to your store like every week for like 10 years. <laughs> That was nice. He's he wrote, he runs the Providence store now, so he's down in Providence. But uh, yeah, that was awesome. In your ear, man, great record store. Uh, I got a Daniel Bachman album in the mail from Three Headed Lobe Records, which is a record label that I I think I've mentioned this. They they're doing a record of the month club that I subscribe to. Like, it's just really great lineup. The Sunburn album came up, came from them and. Anyway, it's called Axican and it's really good. It's like a modern contemporary ambient acoustic guitar bass thing, and I love it. And then uh, Spiritualized has begun their reissue program, which is just going to cost me a bunch of money because I already have all their albums on vinyl, or at least the early ones. I am missing songs in A&E on vinyl. I need to get that. But the Laser Guided Melodies came out, just arrived yesterday, Double 45 RPM, double white vinyl, 
with a new alternate cover in all white instead of black. Laser Guided Melodies is probably still my favorite. My, my, my favorite spiritualized albums, it sounds so snobby, and I don't mean it that way. It does get weirder at later on in their career, like uh, their last album I love more than previous ones. But my favorite top three spiritualized albums are the first three albums in descending order. So, ladies and or I'm sorry, uh, Laser Guided Melodies, number one, Pure Phase, number two, Ladies and Gentlemen, are number three. That is my order of my favorite albums because I saw them and loved them back then. And first time I saw him was on Laser, Laser Guided Melodies tour and I just oh my god I still think and I just listened to it yesterday this new vinyl sounds great by the way and I just it's 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 amazing it's just an amazing record so Pure Phase just came uh went on sale yesterday it won't ship for another two months or month or two but the other thing that Spiritualize is doing with these records is they're re-releasing the tour t-shirts from each album as they come out and I probably own 15 Spiritualize t-shirts in my bins but the thing is they were early 90s they're really thick they weren't, you know, they, they're sort of crumbling. So I got a new Laser Guided Melodies t-shirt and a new Pure Phase t-shirt that are exactly the ones I had from those tours. I'm so excited. The Laser Guided Melodies one is blue. Mine was red. They're sold out of red. But I'm just so excited about this. I can't even tell you. Like, I still buy spiritualized t-shirts on every tour. And I have the Alexander Wang one still in the box. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those first two albums. I, I wore those shirts out. I still have them. They're full of holes. They're thick 90s cotton so getting new ones, hopefully in thinner weights, will be just fantastic. I'm so excited about that. Uh, yeah, those are the albums that I... Wait, is that everything? Yes, those are the vinyl that came this week. Albums I listened to. Not a lot. I listened to that Wedding Presence versions. Graham Fitkin. Uh, I've actually listened to this album before, but I just wanted to mention to you guys. His first album, Flack, it was on Factory or Classical. It's a classical, modern classical ambient co composition. It's been re-released, -re -re remastered. It's available on the streaming services for the first time. I think he's putting it on a vinyl, too. So that's out. So I gave that a new listen. It's been the first time in, I don't know, 15 years. That was exciting. There's a new Field Music album, Flat White Moon. I listened to it twice. I like it okay. People love that band. I'm trying. I'm trying. Noga Eras, Kids is the name of the album. That was great. It's a hip-hop influence album. Really, really liked it. Solid, solid album, Noga Eras. Ian Brody, the lead singer and creative force behind the Lightning Seeds, you know, who did that song Pure in the in the 90s. That was a massive global hit, and then they never had a hit again, even though Ian Brody didn't be doing a bunch of stuff. Anyway, he's got a new album. It's called Tales Told, and it, it's not new. It's last year. I just didn't know about it. And it's really mellow and acoustic, and it's really nice, and I really enjoyed it. Ian Brody, man. And then uh, somewhere I saw a passing mention of this Japanese metal band. I was like, well, that's for me. And they're called Asano Joke. And the album is called Wishes. And it's Japanese death metal. And I love it. I don't know what's happening to me. I really love death metal these days. <laughs> I didn't used to, but I'm just super into it now. And these guys made me really happy. It's the weird blending of symphonic and shoegaze and that's happening and post-rock and death metal and how they all are fusing together. I really like that. Uh, yeah. Fawning. So this album I added to my to investigate list in February and I just missed it. I've been cleaning out that list this last two weeks. That's why there's so few new albums is that list had gotten up to 50 hours long and some of them deserve second listens. And I've just been focused on that. I got it down to about 20 hours now, but yeah, there was this album in there. that was called illusions of control by this band fawning. And I didn't, I don't remember adding it. and I never listened to it and I just missed it in my queue. And it's awesome. It's this sort of ambient shoegaze. It reminds me a bit of Pygmalion by slow dive. Maybe not quite that sparse, but very pretty. So whoever it was that recommended that to me, thank you. And I'm sorry it took me three months to get around to it, but it was a great record. 
And that's it. Listen to a bunch of singles as well. The new Billie Eilish single. I find her new singles interesting. I pre-ordered the album. Um, but, you know, she got big off of that first album that is so moody and clubby and, and dark and, and weird sounding and electronic sounding. And all her singles since then have been beautiful sort of classic ballads. And, you know, she really changed stylistically. And it's interesting to me. I wonder how much of her audience is going to go along with her on it. But I really like it. I think her and Phineas are a great songwriting team. And I really like almost every... Sp- single she's done since that record uh girl in red you stupid bitch and serotonin i somebody was like this somebody just signed them or is releasing them i got some email from some label i was like they're a new signing or and it's this this it's this woman from sweden and she keeps it raw and they do it wasn't what i thought i thought it was gonna be darker and weirder like a sarah mary chadwick or something but uh it's not it's pretty poppy in in composition and production but the lyrics are intense man i'm really into it girl in red quickly quickly which is a new ghostly signing i checked out the single that they had up called feel it's cool it's like funky uh i enjoyed it it's like it reminds me like django django or something like that uh yeah it reminds me of like the factory period where they like were infused by funk and jazz which is i'm super into so that was really good Luke Haynes, the mastermind behind uh, Black Box Recorder and the Auteurs, two bands I love, has a new single called Ecstasy Spy. It's from a forthcoming album. I enjoyed that. I like Luke Haynes a lot. John Grant, uh, rhetorical figure, don't know who. I think I think Nikki recommended this to me. Uh, it's fast. It's a little funky. It sounds like a funky Matthew Deers, like when monophodil blues kind of thing, but fast and funky. So I really like that, John Grant. Illuminati hotties have a new single. I'm into it. I really like that band. Uh, it's awesome. My friend Y Mike told me about the new single. I had missed it. So thank you for that. Lucina Chua until I fall. Don't know why I'm listening to that, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was pretty. It was melodic. It was a sparse. Very cool. I'm, it's a new, there's a new 4D signing. I checked out that might've been her. And then James, uh, you know, James, fantastic band, been around forever, early Factory Records band, went on to Polydor London, sold out. People don't like that in uh, Manchester. Not just kidding. <laughs> but they're still around, and they have a new single, two songs, Beautiful Beaches and All the Colors You Are. Uh, I really like the second one a lot, All the Colors You Are, and I like the first one. I'm very excited for a new James album. I love that band so much. So that's very exciting. So that's all the music, TV, uh I don't think there was no SNL in the last two weeks. Uh, Elon Musk is hosting. I, I'll watch it because I love Chloe Feynman and Keenan Thompson, but I'm not looking forward to it. I'm very upset about it. Uh, uh, let's see. What do we? Oh, we watched Resident Alien. <laughs> we found out there's like, oh, my God, there's a sci-fi comedy series with Alan Tudyk. Sign us up. So we watched that one season. It was very enjoyable. I love Alan Tudyk. I love sci-fi comedies. So that that hit punched all our buttons. Watched that season. I think it's on Hulu. I can't remember where we watched it. But uh, yeah, recommend. Uh, we watched the Oscars. It was weird, but I'm glad I watched it. I, I kind of powered through it. And the next day, a lot of fast forwarding. I wanted to see what they did differently. There's a lot to like about it, but the lighting and the sound are really bad. So I don't really know. Um, I like the butt. Uh, yeah, I could talk about the Oscars for hours, but all in all, you know, I, I think it was good. I am a proponent of a smaller Oscars. Uh, I'm a proponent of 
movies that are good getting awards. I'm a, even if people haven't seen them, like I'm a proponent of the best films winning. I really love the Nomadland. It's getting a lot of backlash as being boring, and I'm just like, yeah, no, not for me, man. I love that film. I loved Minari. I love these slow films. I love films that have human beings with human stakes at human levels. I mean, I love, you know, like I just, I still love films like that. And it was nice to see the Oscars recognize those films. That made me happy. Uh, And then we watched State of the Union. Same thing. Fast forward through it. (laughs) I wrote a lot about this, so I won't get into politics today, but uh I think he said all the things he needed to be said, but for me, it's very, there's still a disconnect because, you know, I still feel like we're on the precipice of world destruction and maybe where leaders should be shouting about it and freaking out. But his job is to convince people to pass these progressive policies that will address that. So freaking out about it is probably not the best move, but you know, it makes it so that when I watch it, I do not feel like a resonance. I don't feel like my leader is speaking my language because he's not, he's, Speaking the language of the recalcitrant assholes like Joe Manchin who don't want to save the world. So anyway, I will stop. I said I wasn't going to do this. So, yeah. Oh, and then the Great British Baking Show. So it was weird, you know, like like everybody during pandemic. I mean, I plowed through the Great British Baking Show and loved it. And it was very comforting in the early days of the pandemic. But what we didn't, you know, we were really into Noel because I already loved Noel from Mighty Boosh. And, you know, it was just great. And uh, I really like Prue because her fashion sense is awesome. And I just liked the cast. And so we went back. I remember now we went back and watched an early season and there was no Noel. There was no Prue. We're like, yeah, fuck this. But then the other day, so it's been, you know, well over a year, a year goes by. And the other day I have this epiphany. I'm like, wait a minute. There's still a ton of great British baking show we haven't watched. And we go back and we watch the first season and. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I mean, that, 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 the, the, the hosts, the, the comedian hosts aren't as funny to us, but we like them. They're growing on us. And Paul Hollywood's a little bit meaner. And, but, you know, it's still the same show. And it's still like the warm bubble bath. That's the phrase I used in my email. And so we're still watching it. And we've just finished one season, the first season on Netflix, which is season three. And now we've moved on to season four. And it's just lovely. And it's so nice to have this back in my life. I forgot how comforting it was. And like, I get through the day and I look forward to just sitting there and watching a great British baking show, opiate for the masses. And it makes me so happy. So that's been going on and it is quite nice. Uh, I didn't watch any movies except for I rewatched wings of desire, which is a wonderful film. And I watch it whenever I can. And I had, had been a few years, so that was really rewarding. Emma had never seen it. So, you know, that was fun. I don't know how she'd never seen it with me, but I guess I never made her watch it. So we rewatched that. And, uh, now I think I got to rewatch far away. So close, but I've been trying to download it for months off of, well, you know, somewhere and I can't get it. I can't find a copy of this film anywhere. I got a crappy SD copy and that's all I can pull off. So I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. But I'll figure it out. Uh, I finished my book about the uh, fears of a setting sun, the disillusionment of America's founders by Dennis Rasmussen. Uh, And that was a real bummer of a book, but an educational bummer of a book and very fascinating. Like virtually every founder except for James Madison became disillusioned with America and the Constitution. So, you know, when you hear people talking about the founding fathers and how brilliant they were and how wise and how much they loved this document, know that they didn't love this document. They pretty much all hated it. 
for different reasons, which is perhaps why the document works. Some of them hated it because it's too strong. Some of them hated it because it's too weak. Thomas Jefferson became more and more of a pro-slavery racist asshole as he got older, and he hated it because it didn't let states secede from the Union to enslave people. Ugh, God. Then other people, of course, more wisely hated it because of the Three-Fifths Compromise. But, you know, it's just educational. And now... I already knew all this, of course, but when you see people invoke the founding fathers, like hypothetically, like Joe Manchin invoking the founding fathers as a defense for the filibuster, you can see with eyes open how completely full of shit they are. And it is very angering. And man, I really hate that guy. Anyway, I will stop about Joe Manchin as well. Uh, so, you know, that got my blood all boiled up. And then I went back to the plotless sci-fi series that I had been reading. And uh, after the first two books, Every book of that series, they have a whole new set of characters. And and I looked at a sort of a synopsis, not a synopsis, but, you know, a teaser of the plot of the third book. And it was like five new viewpoint characters. And I was like, oh, God, this is too much. It's like Game of Thrones or some shit. And so I didn't read it until after I, I then I, I read the you know, Fears of a Setting Sun instead. But after that, I was all like angry and depressed about politics again. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. So I plowed into the third book which is called Record of a Spaceborn Few by Becky Chambers from the Wayfarers series. And I love it. In fact, I think it's probably the best of the three, or maybe I'm just used to her thing by now, but my God, it's so good. I just, I'm 70% of the way through the book and there's almost no plot, but one little minor, minor in terms of epic scale of space opera plot, but very humanly relevant plot point just happened. Human scale, you know, and I was almost, I swear to God, I was almost crying. I think there's a quiet genius to these books. Like I, I want to recommend them, but I suspect a lot of people will read them and they will just say that they are boring. And uh, my friend Alice recommended it to me and she's very so happy that she's like, it might be my favorite, but my most successful book recommendation ever, because it's true, man, me and those books are simpatico. Like, I love their quiet, small scale. I love the human stakes. I love that individual humans and their decisions and their lives matter. And it makes me so happy. And uh, yeah, this book, oh my God, last night I, I read, I was reading it. And I was just like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Your mileage may vary, but I cannot recommend them strongly enough. gonna say sorry for a short one but it looks like we're almost at an hour so i guess that's cool sorry for my low energy first thing in the morning but thank you for listening i'll talk to you guys soon i made it i got two minutes till jane's wake up time so i'm gonna go get her and make some breakfast and do some gardening i hope you get outside as well it's a lovely weekend take care talk to you guys in two weeks